It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Hi, welcome to the Dick Morris Show. Good morning. Presented by the Patriot Gold Group and sponsored by Doug DePiera. <laughs> oh, he doesn't yeah. know he has to write the check yet. Uh oh. He's looking forward to it. It's in the mail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I did the mother of all polls this past week. Uh, it was a gigantic survey, it took over half an hour to complete. Uh, we had to break it in three separate versions, it was so big. And we interviewed a thousand likely voters in November, in the November election coming in 24. And the purpose of it was a couple of fold, but the main part of it was to find out after this exchange of barrages and of fire between, uh, Trump and, uh, and Biden, who'd come out ahead, who was still standing, who'd gained, who'd lost. On the one hand, you have Trump who's been battered by two indictments and one arrest. And, uh, and then, um, Biden, who's been battered by, uh, by the disclosures of his family and his bank and all of that. And, uh, so it's the indictments against the hearings. And who has been hurt more, Biden or Trump? They both exchange, receive withering fire. And now is a very important moment to look at the race and see what's going on. And an amazing thing is going on. So far, the head-to-head is the same as it always was, Biden for a, a Trump for a head of Biden. But the uh, but within the data are some incredible numbers. It used to be that people believed that Biden was more likable and Trump was more competent. The same the saying, I think Trump would be a better president, but Biden is a better man. And there was a consensus almost of people who would say. I like Trump's ideas and issues, but I don't like his policy, his personality and his temperament. Right. And about 70% of the voters agreed with that statement. Uh, in 50% of them, they said, okay, we're going to vote for Trump. 20% of those said, we're not going to vote for Trump. And there's another 30 that hated everything about Trump, so it made it 50-50. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, that division has characterized this entire contest over the polling of the last three years. And this week, it changed. Trump is still seen as a lot more competent than Biden and is seen as having done a much better job as president. But now, for the first time, Biden is seen as being not as good a man as Trump is. Biden's personality and his ratings for integrity and honesty and and the personal ratings, favorability, have dropped enormously. Uh, last month, Biden had a favorable rating of 47 and a negative of 50. Now he has a favorable rating of 41 and a, high, a negative of 55. So he's gone from three-point negative to 14-point negative as a result of this exchange of fire. Trump, on the other hand, has remained absolutely flat. He was 42 favorable, 54 unfavorable. He's still 42 to 54. So... The net expect of this exchange is everybody really believes that Trump would be a better president. 
when we ask people, how do you rate the job Trump did as president? It's 50% favorable. Biden is 44% favorable. So Trump is seen as a better president. But now, for the first time, he and Biden are tied in personal favorability. Though you're someone in this world that I'll always choose to love, from now on, you're only someone that I used to love. That's <laughs> funny stuff. Biden, you are someone we never, we always used to love. That's I, funny. I wasn't aware of that, but Barbara apparently was. Yeah. <laughs> but the amazing thing that's going on here is before our eyes, the total transformation of the image of the presidents of the United States. They think that they're giving as good as they're getting by going after Trump with the indictments and the obstruction of justice and the document scandal and the um, Stormy Daniels scandal and the Atlanta DA scandal and name name whatever the scandals you want. When you fill say in the they, blanks. you mean Justice Department, but you're also meaning. I also mean the Democratic Party, right? Right. And they are just wrong. Uh, Trump has antibodies in his system. Biden <laughs> didn't. You ain't kidding. When Trump is exposed to negative attacks, his supporters are used to them. They say we've heard this every damn day. Sure, they watered it down. Welcome to the club. Uh, just just send me a list in the mail. <laughs> we know all about this. It's not going to change our opinion of Donald Trump because mm-hmm. we're never voting for him because we like him. Some do, like me. We're voting for him because he was a great president, right. and we think he will be a great president. But in the past, there were a lot of people who said Biden isn't so great a president, but he's a hell of a nice guy, very decent. He's sort of like everybody's grandfather, and he would be incapable of doing anything really horrible. Yeah, sure. So I trust him. And that's now gone as a result of the exposure of his non-relationship with his granddaughter and uh, and the accusations that have followed about the bribes right. from China, from Ukraine, from Romania, from Russia. Uh, his personal image has suffered dramatically and has really, really dropped. So Biden's chief weapon is now gone. His chief weapon was this sort of grandfatherly affect right. that that people really loved. And uh, they thought that, oh, he wouldn't do anything bad. He's a decent guy. Uh, and the contrast with Trump is now over. So That's good. Exactly. So people give Trump uh, a six-point better job approval than Biden. And that a, I can't believe. That's it. Six and a one-point uh, personality favorable advantage over Biden. Yeah, six points doesn't sound like much, but that's the whole country, you know. We're not going to win this race by more than eight or nine points. Really? We'll probably win it by four or five. Right. So, okay. you know, don't, don't, don't dump on small margins. Got it. No, I got it. You're and right. also bear in <clears throat> mind, whenever you discuss polling numbers nationally, the Republicans have a built-in advantage of three points because of the way the population of the country is allocated. Because so much of the country lives in California and New York, two guaranteed Democratic states. A lot of the popular vote margin that the Democrats have is because of votes that are piled up in states they're going to win anyway. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. New York, California. New York and California. Right. And together those states are about 25% of the country. And it doesn't matter how much you carry them by. 
uh, you can only get a certain number of electoral votes from mm-hmm. them. Uh, but for the Republicans, their votes are spread across the whole country. And when they gain an extra point in margin, it has a big effect. So let's imagine there's an election in which the Democrats and the Republicans are precisely tied. They're within zero points of each mm-hmm. other, completely tied. The electoral vote from that gives the Republican Party roughly a, I mean, an overwhelming advantage. It means it's almost impossible for a Republican to lose if it's tied. Uh, the Republicans uh, would actually win by over a hundred electoral votes if the popular vote were tied. Wow. For the Republicans to lose, the Democrats have to get three points more of the popular vote. So you look at the 2020 election, which was essentially a tied election. And in that election, the, uh, Biden allegedly got four points more votes than Trump did. But with a four point advantage in the popular vote, it was still a tie in the electoral college. Mm. So, so we have a big advantage in that. And when you're looking at polls now that we have that show Biden losing by four to Trump, Trump winning by four, Really, it's in effect winning by seven, uh, because if they were dead even, we'd win by three. Got it. Got it. Um, so if you follow the math on that, I think it's it's pretty important. This is why we listen to Dick Morris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, um, in this humongous poll that we did, we came up with a very important proposal that I think is going to become a big part of the Trump campaign. I've spoken with him about it. I've spoken with his people about it. And stay tuned. It will affect everybody with us listening today. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle. Dick Morris strikes again. <laughs> I'm not on strike. I'm here. <laughs> um. One of the grievous examples of double taxation in this country are the Social Security benefits we receive. We pay for Social Security in taxes, a Social Security tax. Then when we get the benefits, when we're old or when we're disabled, we have to pay taxes on that again. So we pay taxes into the fund and we pay taxes when we withdraw from the fund. And this tax burden falls on the poorest people in the country. You incur a tax liability to Social Security for your benefits. I'm not talking about your income payments, your benefits. If you make more than $25,000 a year, that level was set in 1986 and they haven't changed it since. So it's the result of 50 years of, of almost 50 years of inflation. So what used to be a fairly minimal exposure now it affects everybody. Uh, 86% of the American people who receive Social Security benefits have to pay taxes on it. 
when that tax was passed, it was only about 30%. So it is just totally unjust, and it's the worst tax there is because it falls primarily on the elderly people who are just scraping by on Social Security. Mm-hmm. If you make more than 25000 you're too rich to uh, – if you make more than 25000 you're rich enough, so they have to pay the tax. Imagine it's only that. if you make under 25000 which is a limbo bar, it's hard to slither under <laughs> in our country, uh, then you it's don't have paper. to pay the tax. Uh. So we asked people in this poll that we just did, would you be more or less likely to vote for Trump? Uh, if he proposed eliminating the taxation on Social Security benefits. We found that 62% of the voters said they would be more likely to vote for Trump if he said that. Interesting. And it included about a third of the people who were voting for Biden. So there is a very, very strong impetus now to that Trump is going to propose soon, I believe, to exempt Social Security income from taxation. And it brings to mind the age-old question that the Beatles first posed. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Yeah, we'll need you and we'll feed you, but you just better pay income tax on the feed we give you. <laughs> right. That's we don't know a, what you can afford to eat. That's, that's going to be the deal. Uh. So, uh, so I think, and I think this is going to be a very potent issue. Um, it costs about $75 billion uh, of federal revenue to offset that tax. And you don't have to do with everybody. If you can make people say anybody makes more than 100000 still has to pay Social Security tax. Right. And that takes care of about half of the revenue loss. So for 50 or $60 billion chicken feed today, we could exempt uh, millions and millions, tens of millions of Americans we're struggling to get by, particularly with inflation, because these numbers are not indexed. They don't go up or down with inflation. It's still based on 1986 prices. Mm-hmm. At the store, you're paying 2023 prices. But when you open your Social Security check, you have to pay taxes on the, on the values in the 1980s. Now, you may remember that I've been talking lately about the power of big banks, and I particularly warned against digital currency that is coming to, is coming soon to replace, uh, real currency. The day is coming soon and the Fed is experimenting with it now in New York that instead of getting a paycheck, you get a debit card mm-hmm. and, uh, your money stays on deposit in the bank, uh, and you can make charges against it just like a debit card works at a bank. And the accusation is that if you do that, They'll be able to keep track of everything you spend, everything you're doing, and keep track of you in a way that they can't possibly even uh, with income tax uh, withholding. And then everybody comes back and they says, come on, don't be paranoid. Nobody's going to really Conspiracy and all that you. business, yeah. sure. So Nigel Farage, my former client when I did the Brexit campaign, uh, has just uh, won a battle against the largest bank in Britain called Coates, C-O-U-T-T-S, Coots, which is the most exclusive and the most famous bank in Britain, and not necessarily the richest, but the most exclusive. Mm-hmm. And he charged that he that his account has been closed uh, because of his political views on Brexit and other national policy issues. The bank just didn't like what he said, and they closed his account. Ah. And he says they've closed the account to 5,000 other people with exactly this in mind. 
And he says, listen, in today's world, if you don't have electricity, you don't have a phone, and you don't have a bank account, uh, you're really sunk. You can't do anything. And uh, that's the situation they're casting him into. So he raised hell about it, and he forced the resignation of Dame Allison Rose, who is the head of the bank, and to Peter Flavel, who is the head of the holding of the owners, the owners of the bank, and Sir Howard Davies, who's the chairman of the bank. And this house cleaning is just shocking Britain. It's sending shockwaves throughout the country because it's very clear that in a cashless society based on a debit card, the establishment, the deep state, can completely close you down and force you not just out of business, but basically to starve. Because because they could track you. That's the reason. Not just track you. They can turn you off. No, but I'm saying because yeah. they could see what you're doing, right? right. They're tracking you. And, and they literally can flick a switch mm. and say that debit card you have in your wallet that you use for everything isn't worth anything. So all the stuff you've been talking about for the last couple of months now is happening. now happening. Wow. Exactly. This is the ultimate penalty of the deep state. We cut you out of the banking system entirely and leave you out there to starve. And so it begins. Uh, the former Brexit secretary said Likens closing someone's bank account to cutting off their water or electricity. Yeah, sure. You should be able to get a bank account regardless of your political views, whether you're a communist or a fascist. And the fact that the top leadership of these banks have been forced to resign uh, is is really, really significant. So let's go to George in Rockland County. Interesting. Hi, George. Hi, Mr. Morris. How are you doing? Okay. Good. So, okay. Um, I uh, like to talk about a uh, perception of uh, um, President Biden. Okay. And uh, excuse me for using crude language here. I think he's a low life. And let me explain why. That's not that. crude language, man. That's a promotion. And Kevin was on the button. <laughs> Kevin was ready on the yeah, button. No, no. The low life is a promotion. Uh, particularly okay. in his family. Okay, so let me explain why, okay? Um, he's a grandparent. He denied his seven granddaughter a recognition for yes. the longest time. Yep. And just because uh, what was going on with uh, Hunter and the fight that he had with, his, uh, with the mother of the child here, and it came about, and people... So, especially a lot of grandparents in this country realize we are grandparents here, our grandchildren are the dear of our life here, and here is somebody that's supposed to be our president, and he rejects a grandchild. George, I I really agree with you, and thank you for calling and pointing that out. That was great. Uh, I want to go to Edward in Tampa. Hi, Edward. Yeah, Dick. You know, all these uh, industries that are getting these pay races, uh, customer service isn't exactly high. And then we're also spending a lot going to like a Panera bread, for example, and just getting like a coffee and a roll. That's like 10 bucks. Yeah. If you get anything more, it's going to be twenty twenty five dollars yeah. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yep. Uh, you're right, Edward. And let me just give you some stats. Over the last of the Trump administration and the first three years of the Biden administration under Trump, the real income you have that you can put in your pocket after inflation and after taxes, increased by $6,000 a year for the average family. Under Biden, it decreased by $4,000 a year for the average family. For 39 of the last 40 months, inflation has exceeded wage growth. 
So no matter how much of a raise you might have gotten from your boss and your company, you have, for every month of the last 40, you have gotten, lost more money from inflation than you gained from wages. So I think that's very important. And let me also say something, that the conventional wisdom is that inflation is on the way down because the consumer price index says it is. But the most frequently most frequently measured index of inflation is the commodity price index because that affects how the prices ultimately come out. And the commodity price index has gone up to a high point it hadn't reached since 2022. And the experts are predicting that there'll be more inflation just in time for the election. So, Well, well one second, Dick. You yesterday were talking about how the meteors – Biden's uh, economy is getting better. Yeah. and Bidenomics. It came in as a negative, and he's trying to exploit it as a positive. Right. But people live on the planet, and they understand what's happening when they go. But it's a con job. Right. They're telling you, hey, we're giving you this extra money, but then we pick your pocket when you walk into the store and you try to send <laughs> it's it. A it's a con job. Uh. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. And this is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the Welcome to the Dick Morris Show with Doug DePiro and sponsored by the Patriot Gold Group. Uh, let's go to Steve and Boca before we go further. Hey, Steve and Boca. Hello, Dick. Hello, Doug. I, I, I think, Dick, you're a genius, and Doug, you're such a nice person. And I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple of weeks back, I invited you to the Friday night barbecue with Roger Stone, and mm-hmm. you didn't want Roger there. So next time you send an invitation to you, I won't have Roger, but uh, I'd love to sure share. Yeah, Roger's all right. Roger that. Roger's <laughs> okay. They just made up. Everything's good. Okay. Good, uh, good. We had steak and lobster tail this past good. Friday, and I'll cook anything you want, okay. but I'd love to share your company. Absolutely. Anyway, here's the question. Here's the question, Dick. I am not a betting man, but I look at it all the time now. The betting odds now favor Joe Biden over Donald Trump by about 4%. If you Google betting odds 2024 election, and for the life of me, I don't understand well, that, it except that's, that's a good a thing because it, it's how gamblers get broke. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, how the casino wins. Cures casino gambling. <laughs> um, look, every poll it's hard to believe. in 2020. And every poll in 2016, except for one or two, showed Hillary winning and then showed Biden winning. And uh, it's just the bias that the liberals bring to the polling. Uh, they sample stuff that shouldn't be sampled and percentages that shouldn't be done. And they the load poll- the question and they skew it and the whole thing. The polling, right? I believe in, is my own. And, <laughs> and we are now four points ahead of Biden, and we've been four points ahead of Biden basically since the Afghan embassy. Uh, and I think that we're going to win, and I think we're going to win by a margin that they can't even steal. But one of the biggest issues that's going on now, and I think it can be a defining issue in the election, is the proposal of California to pay reparations to uh, the great, 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 eight of them, grandchildren of slaves. And uh, every man, woman, and child in California would get $300,000 of a check, 
uh, to pay, repay them for the harm done to their great, 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 great <laughs> grandfather and grandmother. Uh, and, uh, overall nationally. That's great. Overall nationally in my polling, people oppose that by 53 to 29. Hispanics oppose it by 52 to 41. Independents oppose it by 52 to 31. Blacks, however, support it by 48 to 30. Uh, which means that a Democratic candidate who endorses this can't get out from under it. He can't escape it because he's going to be forced to keep up with that endorsement because ah. his own constituency is going to make him do it. Mm. What you look for in politics is a way that you can force your opponent to choose between his supporters and the people he needs to attract who are not yet his supporters. And if you make him take a position that his supporters oppose, um, you may get swing votes, but you're going to lose your base. If you stay with positions that your base approves of, but the swing voter doesn't, you'll never win because you'll never get the swing voter. In the general. In the general. Mm. And that's exactly the situation the Democrats are talking themselves into. Wow. So if Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom is the Democratic candidate, and they are both strongly on record as in favor of reparations, I don't think they're ever going to survive the conflict. I think that that is absolutely going to be an issue that will destroy them. Uh, People cannot understand why a black family of four should get a check for $1 million. Uh, the, the, The facts of the Civil War are, of course, that 350,000 Northerners gave their lives to stop slavery. Of that 350, by the way, 300 were white and 50 were black. In the meantime, 300,000 Southern whites gave their lives to perpetuate slavery. And uh, we are not about to relitigate that by providing reparations for people for harms that were never really done to them. And uh, it reminds me of a great song by Vince Gill, um, basically saying, are you going to be as terrible to me as, you, as my daddy was, as my dad, daddy was? Thank you for not singing, Dick. I really <laughs> yeah, appreciate right. that. But isn't that song right on point? Absolutely. And, and uh, the idea of reparations. Well, let is, me ask you a question. How far is California at this point? It's, I, I can't keep my head wrapped around this. It's it's in the before the legislature. Right. And the governor is supporting it, which means it's going to pass. I really believe that's yeah. going to pass. It's yeah. so hard to believe it that. It will. And the governor wow. is Newsom, and he's planning to base his presidential campaign on this. Wow. That's he amazing. won't really develop as a big issue until Biden withdraws and Newsom can run for president. Uh, but if Biden stays in, maybe it may not come to pass. But the only reason that Newsom or Michelle could be threats to us is if Biden pulls out and they run, and this reparations issue absolutely kills them, absolutely destroys them. Wait, repeat that. How, in what way would it not pass? If, well, well, if Biden is going to be the nominee, yeah. and Newsom won't be, right. and Michelle won't be, 
There's no reason for them to push for reparations. No reason for it, but they're already doing it, right? Yeah, but they may not. Ah. uh, Because they may see how disastrous it is. But if they do go ahead with running, and they'll base their campaigns on that, it will really be the kiss of death for them. Strategies are unbelievable. So if you're really worried about Michelle Obama, don't be. Uh, They're going to kill themselves with this reparations issue. And you're going to ask all the big questions. I sure am. Let's go to Paula in New Jersey. I love your show. Um, I wanted you to be able to comment upon the idea that the leaders of the countries where the uh, black people used to live in Africa uh, hundreds of years ago, uh, that they should be the ones to pay the reparations because they did not fight yeah. For their subjects. They no, but come not, on. It, they, they had no choice. They were overwhelmed by the military power of the West, uh, with, with warships off their coast and half of the armies in their country. Uh, they had no choice. And, uh, their, their, their population was kidnapped into slavery and treated horribly and abused and their lives basically taken away from them. And it is one of the great tragedies and crimes of civilization. It's about the only thing I can think of that in intensity and breadth begins to come on the same scale as the Holocaust. Really? Uh, and, uh, and, and never, let's never minimize that, but let's not make the great, 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 you know, the routine, eight of them. Eight of them. Grandparents, uh, grandkids get a check for it. Let's just call it great times eight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, let's go to uh, Alex in New York. Hey, Dick, uh, a couple of points here. Uh, I was watching Donald Trump last night in uh, Pennsylvania. On a Saturday night, he drew over, what, 10,000 people to his events? Yep. And yet you have the other Republican candidates that could barely draw 100 people to their events. Yep. Uh, that's number one. Point number two, I hear Chris Christie saying, well, if you look at Obama in 2007 and if you look at Trump in 2015, they were down on the polls. Yes, but if you also go look at their events, Wherever they were going around the country, they were drawing 10, 15, 20, 30,000 people. Christie is not. Third, if I'm Trump, I would not show up to the uh, first debate. Uh, The first debate that Trump did in 2015 drew over 20 million. And if you look at the 2011 debate, uh, the Republicans drew less than, uh, I think, eight. Well, I think the the issue here, I agree with you, but the issue here with Trump it's not whether he shows or doesn't show. It's what he does if he doesn't show. And I think he's going to have a program either on the air or on, uh, or on the website, a podcast that everybody has to watch. That's going to be uh, the most significant one uh, around. I can't go into what it's going to be, but it's going to easily draw the, uh, the debate in, mm. in ratings. Uh, and I think that what he's planning to do there is really to force the attention of the media away from the debate and toward the podcast he's going to do. But thank you, Alex. Uh, Sandra in Brooklyn, what's up? Hi, Sandra. Oh, Sandra in New Jersey. I'm sorry, pardon me. <laughs> um, yeah, right. That, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. I wanted to comment on your great show last night. Thank I you. felt a tremendous amount of optimism after viewing the show you you held you know American culture is changing back from the wrong direction. 
People want woke out of their faces. We're pushing towards personal space. Mm-hmm. Um, then you, you know, cited 18 states restricting gender transitioning. Um, and, you know, our culture is revolting. Uh, and that's great. Thank God. And, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, decline of Target sales, Kohl's, Los Angeles. You said all, all these good things. Disney losing $900 million. And the songs that are coming out that we're writing and the movies that we're seeing, Sound of Freedom, Lost of Girls, mm. all good stuff. So, well, that's great, but you just stole here. my talking points for my fourth segment here. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, we got we to gotta brief oh, you no. before we go on, no, Sandra. No, she watches the show. Oh, yeah. She's briefed. I know. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I do my homework. It's like, um, you know, Morris University. I go to school and I learn. <laughs> and, and I take notes. I'm not kidding. I love you. Dick Morris so strikes anyway, again. <laughs> so anyway, going forward now, I see a domino effect starting to happen with the DOJ. Correct me if I'm wrong. The judge, the new one, Norkay mm-hmm. or Nakai, and then Judge Aileen Cannon and Judge Terrence Dougherty and the whistleblowers. And then Mr. Stevenson and, and Governor Abbott, they're all taking stands and they're being less afraid. Do you think we're going to have a domino effect? Yeah, yes. I think that's a very yes. good point. It's interesting that you weave them all together. Uh. I hadn't, but that's a great thought. At the moment, what we have are two courageous judges, uh, Cannon in the federal judge and um, Noriega uh, in the U.S. District Court. And... Uh, it was just an incredible scene last week, one of the great scenes of our time, when the prosecution and the defense and the Hunter Biden's campaign case uh, got together and worked out a plea deal. And nine times out of ten, that's it. The judge just rubber stamps it. Mm-hmm. But this time, uh, Judge Noriega said, hey, wait a minute. Does this plea deal mean that the Justice Department is not going to press other charges against Hunter Biden? that it's not going to go after the four years of back taxes that he didn't pay as opposed to the two years that he's now convicted of not paying? Does it mean that they're not going to investigate foreign bribery or whether he violated the requirement that you have to register as a foreign agent, the thing that kept Paul Manafort in jail for, right. for years? Does this mean none of those cases are going to be prosecuted? And the uh, prosecution said, the, the Justice Department said, yes, that's true. Our plea deal indicates there'll be no other charges filed against them. And when that happened, Noriega said, hey, wait a minute, Buster, not in my court. In my court, we are going to feel free to go after those cases because they're real and they've not been adjudicated and we're not letting him off with a slap on the wrist. And uh, when that happened, Hunter Biden's lawyer jumped up and said, okay, we received, we, we, uh, we revoke our guilty plea and we switch it to not guilty and we won't accept the deal on those terms. And that's where the case stands now. So in front of the whole country, one woman, one judge, God stood up for justice her. and did an incredible job. Um, so, so thank goodness it happened. This is the Dick Morris Show, presented by the Patriot Gold Group on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Sometimes we can answer these questions you call in with very simply. So Robert of Suffolk County asks, will Trump be indicted? 
Yes, Robert, he will. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of day or year or month you ask me that question, it'll be the same. But thank you for calling in. Tom and Yonkers, debanking happens at J.P. Morgan. Tell me what you mean. Um, I have an article in the Daily Signal Heritage Foundation that J.P. Morgan Chase uh, debanked an account that was opened by former Kansas uh, governor, uh, Sam Brownback. He started an organization for religious freedom. They say debanked. He closed his account. They they closed the account. And they wouldn't let him bank there. They opened an account. They closed the account. And the reason they said was they wanted more information about their donors. They want to know who their donors are. Right. So That's amazing. uh, I I did not see that, Tom, but I'm going to make a big deal about that. Uh, This is Tom from Yonkers, uh, Doug, by the way. Yes, they can do that. They can do that with anyone. And that is the danger of what's happening with digital currencies, because it means the bank can absolutely shut anything down because they can see all money coming in, all money coming out. If they don't agree with your politics, you're cooked. And uh, I think that I'm going to check that out, Tom. Thank you for calling that to my this attention. This new word here we have, debanking. Debanking, that's right. Remember that. Now, um, uh, my, I was largely eclipsed by Sandra of New Jersey, who uh, saw my show the other night. She's great. And talked about the things that I said about the woke movement being in retreat. America is recovering from the woke movement. They're moving in the other direction. Uh, the uh, sales of sales of Bud Light because they put Dylan, Mc, Dylan McVaney on their, right. their can uh-huh. are down by 25%. Um, Disney. Disney has lost $900 million uh, over the past year in eight films that flopped completely. And there are 4 million fewer subscribers to Disney Plus. Uh, Good. And we have uh, Nike was caught in a backlash because they sponsored Dylan Mulvaney modeling leggings and sports bras uh, for trends. Oh, my God. Uh, Adidas had to close its swimwear marketing campaign uh, because they had uh, trans-inclusive, they call it, uh, marketing. The Los Angeles Dodgers had to disinvite a group called uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. What is that? It's a group of transvestite nuns who pretend to be nuns who are openly in favor of trans and gays. And they call themselves the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Oh, my goodness. And the Los Angeles Dodgers sponsored them on their pride night. And they're facing... A huge backlash. Good. Vote with your wallet, right? You always hear that. The most important of these is BlackRock, which has become the leader of the ESG movement, Mm -hmm. meaning ESG, meaning environmental, societal, and governance, Mm -hmm. moving everything to the left. And BlackRock says, if you put your money with us, we won't guarantee you the highest return, but we will guarantee you that there'll be a socially positive outcome from your investment. You may have to eat dog food in the retirement, but at least the climate will be better. <laughs> dog food's not bad. <laughs> and, and the, uh, and, and that is, BlackRock was excoriated for that. They have 2.3 trillion under assets, under management. And they have now announced they're going to have a vote of their shareholders <laughs> on whether they should continue that. And hopefully they'll, hopefully we'll win that vote and stop a big avenue toward not only using our taxes for left-wing causes, but using our retirement savings 
the left wing cause. So the pendulum is swinging. That's right. That's right. The pit and the pendulum are both swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Bob in Connecticut. Hey, Bob. Mr. Morris. Yes. First, I hope you've got good personal security with all the good things you bring up. I've dug the Pierre. <laughs> well, think that poor guy, that poor kid in Washington that got whacked, who said he was getting robbed, or they said he was robbed, but the only thing missing was his laptop. But, but anyway. Go ahead, Bob. What's your question? Security. Social security. You're right. It should not be non-taxable. Because think about it. If you've a Roth It IRA, should be non-taxable. Right. Yeah. So why should the money that I put in for 60 years yep. be taxable? Yep. And if, the money you had to pay, and, which and is I already pay tax on that money. It's Didn't, like paying taxes on your taxes. Absolutely. Double hit. I agree with you completely. And I think that that's going to be part of the Trump program, very likely, coming up. Let's go to Wendy on Long Island. Hi, Hi Wendy. Wendy. Hey, hey there, Dick. Good afternoon. Hi. So, yeah, I wanted to piggyback on your last caller. I have uh, friends who say that they don't want to work more than a certain amount. These are people who are on Social Security yep. because of all the taxes they have to pay. So, And tell me if my thinking is wrong, but if you lowered or eliminated some of the tax, there would be people who are on Social Security who would work more, and then they could pay taxes on those additional Dollars, and then maybe that's how we could regroup. I think it would be the opposite, tax. Wendy. I think that if you exempted Social Security income from taxation, uh, it would uh, increase the income you get on Social Security and make it less likely that you'd work. Um, you'd be more likely to go on Social Security because you get more money from it. But it's not a question of money. It's a question of fairness. Um, number one, why would you tax money that's already been taxed? And number two, why would you, why would you explicitly say if you make more than $25,000 a year, we're going to tax you? Less than 25, we won't. Who makes less than $25,000 a year and survives? Maybe some people in the cemetery do, uh, or basically people who live on illegal cash income. Uh, and this level of 25,000 was set in the 1980s, when $25,000 was an income you could live on. Not now really. you can't. Not really. Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's go to uh, John in Brooklyn. Yeah, thank you, Dick. I just wanted to talk about reparations. Um, half the people they want to give money to, their ancestors didn't live here during slavery. Right. Also, I, and the other thing was, some of the uh, people that did come over as slaves the other tribes that they would fight in Africa, yeah. they would kill the men and the boys. Instead, they sold them. So, you know, by their ancestors, it right. saved their lives, even though it was a horrible thing. And slavery's existed throughout, you know, human Forever. history mm-hmm. in all cultures. Yeah. And but I think, it's really, is, uh, I think it's really important, John, that we not <clears throat> do anything to, mit- to talk about mitigating the evil of slavery. No, no, absolutely. It's like saying that the Holocaust was justified. I know that's not what you mean, John, but, uh, but basically, uh, it was the most, hor- the, one of the two most horrible things that have happened in modern times. The other is the Holocaust. And there is no reason for it. There is no good that came from it. Uh, but that doesn't mean we should have to pay reparations now. Um, 
I think that I think that's crucial. Let's go to Charles in Queens. Hey, Charles. Charles. Hi, Dick. Hi, Doug. Um, I would like to explain, first of all, why the dog, Biden's dog, bit uh, um, security men um, 10 times in the last four months. 10 Simply times? There's no cash uh, bail. For dogs, <laughs> so they're dependent. I just to explain that. <laughs> it's rather obvious. And also, I would like so you to good. explain, please, if you can, regarding what you wrote in an article about the um, uh, what the Republican House can do to stop, uh, to stop Jack Smith and yes. the whole garbage yes. thing against well, Trump. They, they can. Uh, we have to realize the Republican Party controls half of the government. This is good. You and, gotta hear this. And it can act on its own. It can't appropriate money on its own. It can't impose taxes on its own. But it can stop them by refusing to pass them. And I believe that the Republicans in the House should say we will not sit by and watch the ju- justice system being tasked with choosing our next president. Right. We want to choose our next president. We don't want some jury, some judge, or some prosecutor to tell us who the next president ought to be. And until the Justice Department drops these indictments of Donald Trump until after the election, so they don't interfere with the election, we are going to cut off all appropriations to the Justice Department and the FBI. And their appropriations come due on October 1st. Now, there may be a shutdown anyway in the fight over spending cuts, but we should target it mm-hmm. at the Justice Department and the FBI. In particular, the FBI wants a new headquarters that's going to cost a billion dollars. And uh, the last thing in the world we should do is reward these monsters with new offices from which to enslave us further. And we have a lot of people getting on board with that right yeah, now. Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, that's my show. Uh, I think the important thing to bear in mind here is that Biden's personal favorability is dropping. And that's always been the anchor of his case. I may not be that great a president, but I'm a hell of a nice guy. Oh, great. And uh, people just aren't buying that anymore. They buy the half that he's not a good president. They don't have any money to buy, buy anything right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the problem. Right. It's an well, honor to be well, here with you. you, Dick Morris. Great to be here. Come on, man. My time's up. I got hairy legs.